0: And now you're listening to the Green Zone on Blog Talk Radio. And here's your host, Julian Carter. Here we go!
1: to the Green Zone. It's been such a long time, but we're back, and we are better than ever. If you want to contact us, please do on Twitter, at Green Zone Radio. I am, of course, your host, Julian Carter. If you're a new listener, or maybe you're an old listener, I want to welcome you in today. I think it's time to introduce my co-host, and you'll probably know him. It's uh, Mr. Dennis Agapito, across the pond, so Dennis. Welcome into the Green Zone. How are
0: you? Oh, I'm doing great, Julian. It's a pleasure to be back on the Green Zone. I know we've been kind of planning this for a while. Took a couple of logistical things to get everything set up, but it's great to be back. We're going to be talking some Jets football, and we're going to be discussing um, something exciting for you, I guess, Julian. That, that that the Jets are coming across the pond, as you like to call it, and coming into your neck of the woods, and they're going to they're going to be playing on your home turf. And I guess to kind of start things off, I mean. How do you feel about that? Well, well, let's get into that a little bit. About, I mean, you're 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 in England. I mean, you're a, an American football fan in England. So you've been to the Wembley games. You've done all these things. Why don't we get into that a little bit about the experiences that you've had thus far with going to the NFL games and being a Jet fan there in England?
1: All right. Yeah. First, first and foremost. The Jets coming to England, I have waited such a long time. Every year since it started, the first off started back in 2007, and you kind of looked, you know, we had the one team, one game coming over each year, and it was, you know, it wasn't the Jets, and it was very disappointing. And each time I was anticipating that I'd get to see the green and white in in England, and I actually didn't think I would ever get to this point. And then 2010, we had two games, um, which was a massive for England, because it's growing so much, and it grew and grew so much that now we have actually three games. So as this kind of happened, it was only a matter of time before I knew I would get the opportunity to see the Jets. Now, I had very good contact with the organisation, and this is something that I asked very much early on, what, is this something that interests them? And they told me, it very much is something that they were interested in, but it wouldn't be a home game. They wouldn't they wouldn't want to give up a home game. And I think you being a season ticket holder and around New York, I don't think people will be very happy. But the Jets are are going to be playing on the road, and they're going to be making history because it's the first divisional game ever out that, that's meant. This is the, you know we have regular season games that, that you know mean something, but this is the first divisional game, so it's going to go down in history. Um, against Miami, so I'm so ex- excited, and I know a lot of Jet fans, not just here in England, I know overseas as well that are going to make the trip over, and it's just building and building, you know, anticipation. I just, I just can't put in words. I mean, October can't come, you know, fast enough for me. It's, it's just awesome at, at this point. But you know, being a, being a uh, Jet fan in England, I kind of feel that we're the minority. You see a lot of the popular teams over here will be the New England Patriots, will be the Chicago Bears, the Miami Dolphins. You know, there's, the fan bases, I see the Jets right now as the kind of, um, kind of like an expansion franchise. There's not many of those. Like the Panthers that were brought in um, back in um, 1995, was it Dennis? around them with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were, that's how I feel being a Jet fan over here. There's not merry men. Now, that could be down to a couple of things. It could just be down to um, the, the way that the team was doing it. I don't know what it is. It's the way it is maybe the team. I see the Giants are a very, very popular team over here. And, of course, they have played um, over here. So I think being in England, you know, it's going to come to that point where you might have the chance to see all the games. But for me, the Jets, are are, uh, are finally uh, coming over. And I know a lot of people uh, across the pond, many people that we know that are making the trip over again, so let's hope that, you know, Wembley is going to be bouncing. And it's an experience that I think that um, you'd have to, if anyone across the pond was thinking of having a bucket list and coming on over, I mean, it's, you can't experience anything, anything like it. It's different to a regular season game. Um, you know, across the pond. Uh,
0: You know, Julian, I I just want to get into this kind of the history of this from yourself, from your personal experience. I mean, how, how did you ultimately end up, first of all, Enjoying American football because I know I know, I know the, the the real football soccer as we call it in your, in the United States, but the real football is, is is the big sport in 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 England and of course across the world besides the United States where it 's probably the least popular but h- how did you end up you know enjoying American football and how did you end up ultimately becoming a, a jets fan? I mean what was it that drew you to that team
1: well it, you, you it's completely nothing to do with with football that drew me to it. It was actually hockey. You know, I was a big hockey fan um, growing up, a big Rangers fan. And, you know, here within the U.K., we've kind of just got on the electricity into the 21st century. And it makes it so easy now with Twitter, with Facebook, with um, iPhones and apps to, you know, get anything you want. You can kind of get any game now. And it's growing and growing so much. I mean, back in the day when I was was a kid, you know, finding out results was – you just couldn't – you couldn't do it like it would be like a, a day behind. You'd have to know someone, to, you know, to ring up to, to speak about the game. I mean, the Internet, back in the day, I mean, dial-up. I mean, for any younger generation out there that, that you know, probably don't even know what dial-up is, um, us old-timers, you know, do, Dennis. I mean, it's it was, it was it's moved on so much, and I think that's what's helped it. You know, I was a big, big New York fan. I was a big uh, uh, family Yankees fans. Yankees are a very, very popular over here in the UK because of the brand as well, you know, the more well-known. But that's what was on on our televisions. You know, we don't have all – or we didn't. We're starting to get there. We don't have the television channels across the pond where you hear, you know, like ESPN, we have the one channel over here. But you have, like, ten channels where you can just – everything's for a sport, for a team, and the coverage over there is is astronomical. You know, it's 24-7. It's kind of like the TMZ. Everything's followed. And that's kind of how it is coming over here now. But as things started to get easier to follow, it made it does. And I started to get into football. You know, I you know I picked the Jets to follow. You know, I don't know why, but I did. And it's paid me. And, I've, you know, I've stuck with them ever since. Um, I also follow uh, the bas- uh, basketball again. Another team that's not done very well, uh, the, uh, the New York Knicks. So as time evolved and, and obviously the Internet's easier and access, you know, when you start hearing of games coming over and, and such to do, you know, that's when I started coming into it, and actually, you know, kind of, although I'm a big hockey fan and a big Rangers fan, I won't watch all the games, I watch, like, the important games when they're on, or I won't stay up because of the time difference. I always check the results, it's the same with the Yankees, the Yankees, you know, I always look out for the results, but I don't watch, you know, all the games. Football will become my number one passion and, and love, and, you know, it's very interesting, Dennis, um, and I want to get your opinion on this, but... The the NFL in general, I'm a football fan, and like I say, I'm, uh, you know, I I love the Jets, but the NFL in general is a soap opera. I mean, my wife, that's what she says it is. I mean, we have the NFL network now. It's a new thing that we've got. We've got it on the app and such, and I watch it via Game Pass, and and obviously with with Twitter. But everywhere you look now, it it is like the soap opera. Everything's going on. There's news constantly, you know, there's. there's, everything's happening, there's always dramas going on, and it, it just gets you, and, it, and it's just so, I don't know, it's, it's like an illness in a good way, it's <laughs> like a religion, that's how it feels to me, and, and obviously people don't know me as well, I mean, it became, it became a, an obsession more than anything, and it's like how you see fans and fandom of each team, no matter what team it is, You know, is, you'll have general fans, but what you see at Wembley, if you were to come to a game, is like nothing else you've never seen anything I don't care what sport you go to you know if you go to a soccer match over here you predominantly have two sets of fans a home and an away section and they all sit in. you know you have the home section and the away section you've never seen anything like this where you have totally every fan base sitting next to you you could have you know and it could go like that in every jersey because it's just the way it is and it's just phenomenal and then I got into playing uh, football I actually um I played I, I wanted to do it and you know as it's growing and growing more over here I actually did we you know you didn't really know about it if it wasn't you know for the fact that you were into it but just how big it is and we you know it's growing and growing that every kind of um you know town and city has an as an American football team but the the way it's growing is astronomical from referees to facilities that you have for pitches I played for two teams I played uh, different positions as well. I, I played for the Manchester Titans. They're still going very well. In fact, they keep an eye. I've still got some good friends. They just won the division. Um, I played there, and then I um, I signed uh, for my local team, which is the w- Lancashire Wolverines, and I played one season there. But ultimately, I had to give it up because of um, it, uh, well, just the fear of injury. You know, I noticed a change at Manchester. I played outside linebacker. Back then I was two hundred and two pounds. Since then I put a little bit of weight on, and I was like kind of like two sixty. And I played, I uh, I played guard, and I just noticed, you know, I um, just how rough it is. Just, but it's so good to play. But I realized that I don't how I wasn't getting them fat checks, kind of like the NFL stars are these days. So I took a back seat, and um, ended up, you know, just getting more and covering the games.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's interesting that you didn't really have a specific reason why you liked the Jets. I mean, you, you there's no nothing in particular that led you to the green and white. You just you just picked a team. I mean, there had to be something that that drew you to them.
1: I I, I think it was I think it was the you know the the, I, the colors more than more than anything or just the way it was. You kind of feel it's weird to say you kind of with, with your team you kind of feel a connection, and there was always that you know connection with the Jets. I don't know, you know, what it was from from young, from having a jersey, or you know, from such like that. But they did, They just became my team, and then I just stuck with them and followed, and it kind of grew more and more. But it just kind of, it just that's what it kind of does to you. You you see that over here as well. You see that with people. You know, they kind of pick that one team. They might, for whatever reason, they might have some family over there. They might have visited in a ho- on holiday. They might. You know, put their own football team, soccer team, as we say over here in the UK, their colours to an NFL team or a or mascot for whatever reason. And they kind of, and people are very, very, I would say, um, you know, obsessed and they're very passionate and they're very loyal. Loyal is a, a word that I was looking for. Loyal is the word, I mean, they really do, you know, stick with the team. But being a big, like I said, New York, he was either one or the other. It was either the Giants of the Jets, you know, the Giants have won four Super Bowls. You know, the the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl was when dinosaurs roamed. You know what I mean? But it was just my team, and I kind of stuck with it. You, you know what I'm saying? And that's, uh, you know, that's what it is. Everyone knows me in the U.K., and they know that I bleed green and white.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess you talked a little bit about it, but um... – Going to a Wembley game, obviously you're going to see the Jets this year for the first time at Wembley Stadium. But I mean, is it a, is it a party atmosphere? It is is there some animosity because you're saying you're seeing all the teams? Now, obviously, I would guess this, and tell me if I'm if I'm if I'm not correct. I would guess you would see the uh, jerseys of the two teams playing for the most part. You would see a lot of them. Those fans would want to come to those games, but there would be a big portion of people who just want to see NFL football who are fans of other teams who are wearing their colors. So is it that kind of rivalry? Because, I mean, some of these games that have been there, Jacksonville against Miami, I don't even remember them, but they're not big rivalry. This is actually a rivalry game. That's going to be the Jets versus the Dolphins. Maybe this is the first one where you can actually look at it and say, "Hey, it's a division game. It's a rivalry game." Even fans in England don't like each other—Jets and Dolphins fans. But what's it kind of like being at Wembley Stadium? Is it a party atmosphere? Is it that people are excited to see American football, or is there some animosity and some, you know, stares given to the person wearing the jersey they don't like?
1: You know, it's very interesting, and I'll come back to your last point. A little later on, you know, going to a Wembley game is kind of like going to an—I'd say, like for you guys, maybe an All-Star game. What you do, where you where you see like a, a Pro Bowl, it's kind of like a Pro Bowl. And when I say that, you notice if you've ever watched a Pro Bowl, you'll see that you know, for instance, uh, I'll take one one of my Jets. I'll take Mohamed Wilkerson when he's representing the Jets, he'll have the thing on, but on his helmet, he'll have he'll have the Jets decal on. When, for instance, Andrew looks playing you know he's got the he's got the same color jersey but on his helmet he's got the uh, the Colts um logo on that's kind of what it is over in here you kind of go that if you're your team you represent your colors for instance when i go you know i'd rock the green and white and you know you kind of see that you know around you see others i mean the most you know popular teams being like the patriots and such like that i did notice about this time um, especially when we played the, the uh, when the Dolphins played, sorry, it was uh, i I've never ever seen so many Dolphin fans, and it was the same at the Cowboys game. The Cowboys are a very popular team because you, you know they, they were one of the um, back. You obviously, the history and, you know they were very popular. People kind of lapped onto that in the eighties uh, kind of thing. You know, you, you, you see so many, so that you see like a section. You know, a large section of the of the uh, crowd being. Um, kind of like the home team or uh, and then you'd see like just individual jerseys of the whole 32 and it and it would it also interesting as well to see that you'd have vintage throwback jerseys you know what i'm saying sort of 49ish you would see a lot of um you know joe montanas and um uh, just you know different um you know hall of fame or um jerseys out there but, but you know i also noticed as well being a jet fan and this is the way I feel, and maybe you guys who've, who've been to to uh, NFL games in London and you've rocked your green and white, I kind of noticed, and the way I feel about it is, you kind of get sniggered at, or that that's the way it felt for me. And I've spoken to a lot of you Jet fans um, around the UK, and I've just seen if this were me, the personal opinion, uh, again, and they kind of get the same thing that you, you were kind of like the laughing stock of uh, the NFL. You know, like, that's the way I feel. And people, and it was interesting as well, and I totally picked this up. We have a um, red zone in the stadium. You know, like, you'd have a jumbotron, you know, at, uh, uh, at MetLife, you have the big thing. And during a, a timeout or something like that, they put the red zone on so you could keep up with the with the scores. And interestingly, when they went around the team and they just pick a, a team, you know, off, um, I, I in fact, I remember I was one game, and we played the Chargers a couple of years ago, we ended up winning. I think Plexico Burrows went crazy and ended up catching three touchdowns or something. But at the beginning, I remember the ball got ripped out of Dustin Keller's hand and taken for a touchdown. Everybody in the stadium would seem cheered, not because they were fans of the Chargers, but because it was the Jets, and they were like the, you know, the same old Jets or the Jets, you know, kind of thing. But that's what I think. And also when I noticed when Plexico Burrows. Gone in, and we'd gone a couple of scores up, and we, you know, we knew we were going to win. When I was cheering and jumping up, I noticed people around me in other jerseys, you know, booing and, you know, and saying uh, a few choice words, and it kind of made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But that's the reason when walking around London and walking around these tailgates that you have, that's the way I felt. But it also what I get from other people as well, you know, the kind of thing that you see all over the newspapers in. Um, um, you see around with all the, you know, the fumble and such like that. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like those things are kind of highlighted. Like, again, even being over here, in, in the, I don't think it's fair because the Jets have had some measure of success. They're not like the, the Buffalo Bills who haven't been in the playoffs. Or oh, the Cleveland years. Browns. So the, yeah, they've, they've, they've made the playoffs. They've had some ups and downs, don't get me wrong. But, you know, a, a number of years ago, uh, which maybe you don't remember. I don't remember the Richie Kotite years, and that's kind of where it started. And after that, they had Bill Parcells as a coach, and you know Bill Belichick was on the coaching staff then. Yeah, you know, back when I liked them, and um, they had a heck of a team that year, especially in 1998, which which I still believe to this day that if they didn't have six turnovers in Denver, they would have won the Super Bowl, and I could finally die in peace. But you know the Richie Kotite years, it went three and thirteen, then one and fifteen, and they were terrible. And, you know, they always just seem to find a way to lose games. You, you, you know they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. That was the Jets. They lost a game in Cleveland in 1986. They were up by 10 with three minutes to go. And Charlie Steiner, who used to do the Jets games on the radio, said the Jets are going to win this game, and then they lose. And then you have, like, Doug Bryan, and he had the fake spike. And there was, there's always these kind of things that surround the Jets and make them look like jokes. And and they're the butt of late night comedians and things like that. And I guess it does trickle down a little bit to you know, when the game became popular from where you live that there's still a laughing stock, but again, I, personally I understand some of the things that have happened to them have been strange, but like I said, they've had some measure of success. No, they have not won a championship. But it's not like they haven't won a division in 20 years. It's not like they haven't been to a playoff game or won a playoff game. I mean, look, just five, four or five years ago or whatever, right. it was, they went to back-to-back AFC championship games. So it's not like they're the worst team in the league over, say, the last 10 or 15 years. But I guess the perception is that, you know what, this is, this is a team that ultimately will end up embarrassing itself.
1: Well, I, I just want to kind of jump in on that as well. Um, a friend of mine um, in New York, he actually um, does uh, a, does a, a show over there. He he run a poll not long ago, and it was about the teams that hurt. Um, you know, the you know, like the, the misery of a team. Like, how would you rank mm-hmm. them in a, in a power ranking between one to five? Uh, and he actually had yeah, Cleveland, which I would agree at one because they've never won a you know a championship and like i said that 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 whole place, cleveland i think we was i think we were hoping for um the basketball team to kind of bring them a championship um the the cavaliers the cleveland cavaliers with um
0: lebron
1: um lebron james and that kind of you know that that's not seen it but he had the jets ranked at 2 which with everything that's happened and such like that i mean you know the Jets have had a lot of pain and such but I think it's you know I, I believe I think there would be other teams you know out there. I mean like you point out it wasn't that long ago that you know the Jets were going to back to back AFC you know championship games and look I mean you can go over it as many as you want you know they could have been a her from going to the Super Bowl it's just one of them things but like you say it's not like they've you know they've had some recent uh, success but there's other teams out there that you know I believe um, you know you, you could say that so you know i mean i remember um i mean you've you've seen them um when was it when they when they got beat by um the broncos you know you've seen them in an AFC, uh, afc championship game and um you know i think that you know i i i just think that like i said there's uh there's that thing about the whole like kind of fandom but you know they're quite high up on people's expectations
0: Well, let let, let me ask you this. I mean, you're you're, you're over there, and you're going to these Wembley games, and you're saying you're seeing – and you said you saw a lot of Dolphin fans at the last game. I guess the Dolphins were playing, so they kind of came out in droves. You're you're concerned about going to this game uh, this year because you're you're afraid that maybe the Dolphin fans – here's something to consider. Geno Smith plays very well in Miami the last couple of years. He's from Florida. He seems to like it down there, a little home cooking. Now – They're going to London to play in a quote-unquote neutral site, which I actually think helps the Dolphins. There's going to be a lot of Dolphin fans there. When they play in Sun Life Stadium, there's probably more Jet fans there than there are Dolphin fans. So I'm wondering if just going to London actually helps the Dolphins a little bit. They've done it in the past. I think that gives them a little bit of a heritage advantage to kind of understand what to expect. But, I mean, do you see, like you say, you said a lot of Patriot fans. I mean, maybe Bill's fans, does it look at, and this is kind of what I asked before, is there like a, a dislike, like look at them and say, you know what, hey, 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 you Patriot cheaters, you know what, uh, I, I I can't stand you, oh, and look at you Jets, you never win yeah, anything, and it, that, it, that kind of thing goes go on.
1: Yeah, it very much is that. Um, I mean, like I said, I went to the last Dolphin game over here, which was you know, last year, and I've never, ever seen so many Dolphin fans, I'm not joking, that the stadium was just filled with them. And, you know, I kind of have this sense of, because I don't understand, people are either going to the game and seeing whichever team they go and just buying the jersey and putting it on, or they are these fans that, hey, if it's their team, maybe they'll just get that one ticket. Now, I went to all three, you know, games. The the, um, NFL here in the UK had, like, a season ticket promotion where I go, I just bought, I had three, you know, three tickets, I had a seat, and I did it. But I've never seen so many Dolphins fans. And this time as well, against the Jets, I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. But I think there'll be, the Dolphin fans will I'll outnumber the Jet fans. And I think that uh, there is going to be a, a total sea of, uh, of Dolphin fans all around. Plus, I think there will be more um, fans of other teams than there will be the Jets. I think the Jets will be the minor, minority. But, again, I hope I'm uh, so wrong. And, you know, to answer your question about that, yeah, you do get the sniggers and you do get the things. And there is that kind of like I say, that rivalry, and it kind of transpires on. But it's, again, of, you know, supporting your team and, and you kind of say wearing in your colours. It's the, the thing about the rivalry and the rivalry thing, you know, um, you pick up. I mean, me, me, myself, I mean, I want to ask you a question. You, you're a lifelong Jet fan and you, you're a season ticket holder and you've been to many games. You know, when you were growing up, I mean, who, who was – who, is, who would you consider, you know, the the rival who you couldn't stand to win? Is it the Patriots, or is that just recent? Or would you say the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills?
0: Uh, I would say I've kind of gone through the the whole gauntlet. I mean, it was it, it was when Marino was with the Dolphins, it was Marino, and then when Jim Kelly and the Bills went to the four Super Bowls, you know, maybe it was kind of a combination of both. The Patriots, you know, they kind of really didn't they weren't really much on the radar in those days they were kind of they they, they kind of really had the success unfortunately when bill belichick went there after his first year now they've had this this run where they've had you know the super bowl wins and they've been winning the division almost every year since since 2001 and and uh going to super bowls and winning super bowls so now it's kind of it's kind of always evolved over the years as to who i dislike but i'll tell you this much when i go to games i probably dislike the dolphin fans and their demeanor the most because they are very obnoxious no matter what's going on in the game uh i think i think i think next up would be new england I don't think they're as bad as the dolphin fans. I think they just sit there and they they, they just kind of say you you know again it's being a Yankees fan and being a Mets fan. What do the Mets fans say to a Yankees fan? Even though New England has this kind of smudge hanging over them with some of these cheating allegations and the deflate gate and all this taping people's walkthroughs and spy gate, they have a lot of gate things, which is a smudge against them, which is what the jet fans kind of throw at them. And other fans that don't like them throw at them, but they always throw back that, Hey, you know what we won fair and square. And, you know, it's drawn along party lines. So when the Patriot fans are sitting there, unfortunately, I mean, the Jets have had some victories over the Patriots in MetLife stadium in the old Meadowlands, but unfortunately, you know, the last couple of years, I guess the new England's gotten the better of it. and, when you're sitting there next to a rival fan or near a rival fan and you know you're just about to lose or they score the winning touchdown i mean that really hurts so i guess right now my hatred level goes something like this new england and and miami would still be second just because of marino and buffalo would be third and i always think buffalo has always been third even when they were being successful just because at those point in times i don't think the jets were really had you know they had poor teams so And I still kind of feel that way. Uh, I think Miami and New England have flip-flopped. But, yeah, it is hard when you go to a game. Like, a couple of years ago, I'll tell you a quick story. I went to the Dolphins game. It was right before Hurricane Sandy hit. I think it was 2012. And I went to the Dolphins game with a friend of mine. And there was a punt blocked for a touchdown. It was literally just coming to the end of the first quarter. And I looked at my friend and I said, do you want to go home? And I was serious. I mean, we were just surrounded by Dolphin fans. It was a terrible game. They were getting. Cr- and, I remember that. I was, like, I was like literally like, let's go home. I mean, yeah, I remember game, that game. I mean, I'm either gonna I'm either gonna get into a fight and get in trouble. I'm having a miserable time. I have a hurricane bearing down on me. So yeah, it, it could definitely it definitely is it is hard. You know, the ultimate cure all for this is winning. And you know, when the Jets beat the Patriots in 2011. January two thousand and eleven you know that was that was a, a humongous win for them one probably one of the the best wins that they've had in recent memories uh, unfortunately, you know since then it's kind of been mediocrity downhill and 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 you know we, we we kind of hope to get those days back and someday get a championship caliber team on the field and you know I just hope for your sake. When you go to the game in Wembley Stadium that you see you see a, at least a competitive game. If they lose, they lose. You just don't see a blowout where you're sitting there, ultimately a victory. But if you're sitting there in your Jets jersey and you're just not looking at a terrible game because there's nothing worse than leaving the stadium after a terrible game and, and just you know making your way home however you get home. I wanted to kind of get into this with you, Julian, again, kind of staying on this theme because it is interesting. It's unique. Um it's a unique perspective from you who's been to these games and now get a chance to see the Jets. Do do you guys tailgate? Are there areas that tailgate? I mean this is in London, correct? So yeah, I mean, this is a Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: this is this is Wembley just at um, outside the the National Stadium where uh, the, you know the national England national team plays soccer and uh, that's where they they have, they have the thing but you know it's grown so much and it it's totally it's amazing to see how I, you know, look, I watch college football, you know, and you, you know how they do it. You, you, football starts on a weekend, doesn't it, like a Friday night, and you see all the RVs and the camper vans and all that kind of, you know, pull up and they, they get the barbecues out. And, they, you know, they're having a beer and they're having good time. They they play, like, uh, you know, table tennis. They also, what's that game called, Dennis, where they have, like, a bag and they throw in these little bean bags in. That's quite a popular game. But you guys play over there. I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. You're kind of like kinda of like aiming it into uh to different hole uh in, to different holes for more points. I've seen that kind of um over there. But generally they're having a good time. It's definitely not like that uh over here, but they're trying to make it and they, it's kinda of like surrounding the stadium. They've kind of you know, they've got all sorts of things going on. They've got a lot of um like inflatables for instance, like uh throwing the football through um you know accuracy things and taking a field goal you know they have all these kind of things set up and you know they have all these tackling dummies and you know the the uh, play nfl are there that you've seen all around and they're trying to make it grow they have um they have like, exhibitions going on for instance if the team comes over and they've won um you know they've won super bowls i remember um seeing the steelers they brought the had their uh, the super bowls and all the history it was very good to you know to look around and and see and you know they have all all the American food as well you know all the um, all the barbecue stuff that they do and like I say they're making it grow they have a lot of entertainment on from uh, ex players come in you know they have a set a big set there and they've got all the entertainment it it is it is so good because it's not just going to the game you are getting entertained as well and you and not only that you're around so many so many fans and there's always you know lots to do but it's growing and growing each time. You know, they, they they have kind of like a London takeover um, and they take over, um, you know, one of the main streets um, in London and they have all crazy things going on, they're all decorations. And obviously, it's introducing new people, so new people are out doing the shopping. You know, for instance, just normal people, they're not at NFL fans, but they see all this kind of stuff and it kind of draws them in. But it, the numbers are, are just staggering from how this sport is becoming household thing so whereas on a weekend whereas I would talk about soccer well that's all we would talk about because that's our you know that's our national game it's becoming a lot more now and for instance our sports channel have uh, a segment where we will have our you know football that we call the soccer for for you guys across the pond and then they'll have the section on the NFL and we're talking about uh, we're talking about news that's very relevant for instance the Tom Brady cheating kind of stuff is all over and I say that um, with a sense because he has cheated you know and all the, all this stuff is, is, is out there you know from players that are uh, having tryouts and, and obviously camp starting now so the, the focus is, is so much in the growing and each year like I said the tailgates are getting better and better with more stuff to do and I, I don't think it'll be long before we are actually seeing you know us coming down in our cars and doing what you guys kind of do and that's you know meet over your friends, park, get your grill out you know, start having uh, a couple of beers and, uh, and and having a great time,
0: uh, Julian. Let me ask. Uh, first of all, let me give you the name of that game. And this is this is true. And you can look it up if you want. The game is called that you throw the beanbag. It's actually called cornhole because I believe it was originated in in the Midwest, and they used to throw corn cobs into to kill time. This is this is my total stab in the dark. I think I read a little bit about it. So that's a very popular game. A lot of the ones have jets and football fields yeah, on it. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, That's called Cornhole. Uh, also, Beer Pong is a very big game during tailgating. Uh, you know, they, they like to set up the tables and bounce the, the, the ping pong balls and play a little Beer Pong before the game of course, so they can go into the game and, and sober up because we certainly don't want anyone driving under the influence. Um, we don't, we don't want come down yeah, we, we don't condone that at all. So um, the one thing I wanted to get into uh, with you quickly is um, the NFL has made a new agreement. Uh, is it tottenham You would know better than me. about. Right, that's you know?
1: right. Yeah, th- this is news that's just kind of uh, broken. Obviously, fans of the Premier League will know it's, it's pronounced Tottenham Hotspur, and they're in North London, and they're having a beautiful new stadium built. And when I say beautiful, I mean the plans of it are just – they look insane. You know, this, this stadium is costing – a few dollars, and they've got a new 10-year agreement coming. So the games are going to be played there from when when the deal expires uh, with the current one in Wembley. And again, we're going to have teams, for for instance, this stadium where they have, for anyone that understands, they've got the the locker rooms, uh, or the dressing rooms, as we would call them in England, have to be able to host all the players where, obviously, individual stadiums, you know, they can't go to Old Trafford or the Etihad, or stadiums around the emirates and stuff because they're not big enough, but Tottenham's uh dressing rooms are going to be big enough they're also going to be able to um house buses or or coaches as you guys would say um that are going to be able to go underground so when because they, they're so big they can drive um under and um being able to house it but it does look absolutely phenomenal and it just shows the level that you can that you can uh, that the n f l is He's, he's making i mean he's not only making leaps and bounds i mean with signing a 10-year deal you know he's, he, there's there's uh a lot of you know foundation remember he's like it will be 10 years not so long because they started in 2007 where we had one game a year and he was fingers crossed now, now we're having three games and people are talking about how many you know before we're not we're going to have you know four games and a franchise people are saying that and I kind of maybe want to kind of t- turn about that because this is a big thing that's been, you know, in the media a lot. You guys have heard it. We've had numerous conversations um, ourselves about it. And I get asked this all the time as well through uh, my friends, my family, my co-workers, because I've got an affiliation with the New York Jets. Everyone knows that. From, from They know me. They know that I'm, I've always rocked in the green and white, whether it's been a, a baseball cap or a hoodie or whatever, they'll know me, they're, everyone knows me, even you know, my, my whole family does, uh, who have adopted that, that shows the green and white. There's a lot of talk about this, you see this in the UK, the UK uh, you know, is going to have their own franchise in London, and we see that with um, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, he also owns a football club, and there's a lot of talk about the UK Jag, now we have, we've we're seen them each year because they've signed a the contract, they're... They're going to be here for three years, so the Jacksonville Jaguars. And people are trying to adopt that as the English team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the UK Jags, as they call them, and, and such like that. But there's, I personally can see uh, a franchise being coming over here. Maybe not this year, next year. Maybe the next CBA, I can see an expansion. I, I don't know how it will work or if it will work with the logistics of, of traveling. And I also don't know how it will work with the average fan of the thing. For for me, I went to three games last year, and it was very expensive to do because I spent the weekend from where I live, Manchester where that's kind of like down to the, the capital and, and doing it. It was very expensive. I don't know if I could afford to do it for eight regular season games or if I wanted to, unless I'd pick the game if the Jets were coming over as a as team. But it's just what people ask me all the time, if the if the UK got a franchise – would you support that team and not the the Jets? And I I don't know I couldn't do that because my team is the Jets and I just don't know how that would work around here. And you also see the capacity with Wembley. Wembley holds like ninety thousand, and usually most games are a sellout. And I just don't know if that would happen. Whereas we you know for whatever the eight regular season games, would you see that? Because I know people that travel from Scotland from from Ireland, from all over, and they make it that trip. Now I'm not saying they come to they came to all three last year. I did I don't know about them. I know they went to one or two. But I'm just saying the cost of the logistics. It's kinda like you, Dennis, going to Miami on a road game or New England New England's not that far in Boston. Maybe it's a couple of hours drive or such, but certainly Indianapolis, or you're talking Seattle, you are talking California, going in different time zones. I don't know if that would happen. What's the sense over there? What do you hear from people about an expansion, is it all over the media and the news? Has it been talked about?
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely hear a little rumblings about it. I, I my, I've discussed it with some uh, your friends who are fans and say, how would it work? I, I, my guess would be something like they would have to spend four weeks at home and have a training facility here in the United States and spend four weeks here in the United States, maybe on the East Coast. Cause, I mean, how could you? go to oakland from from London or vice versa, and how it would work with the bi weeks with teams, so it would have to be something like that four weeks at home, four weeks on the road, four weeks at home, four weeks on the road i 'm something of that ilk so but you know is it impossible? No because there are teams here that look look at it and say. We're having trouble selling out. This is why the Jaguars probably go over in London because they're having difficulty selling out their stadium. I mean, I know the Bills just got new ownership. There's a lot of um, excitement there with Rex Ryan coming there. We'll get into that in future shows. But there's new ownership, and they're going to keep them, the Bills there, so there's a little excitement going on there. But they were talked about maybe going to Toronto for a long time. So, you know, it's, it's not impossible for um, – for a team to definitely go over to London from the United States to come back uh, periodically and spend time here in the United States, train the United States, play their road games, whether it's three or four in a row, and then go back over to London and have teams go over there to really, really be scheduled in such a manner that, um, you know, it would have to be scheduled in such a manner that, the bye weeks and everything would have to play a part, kind of like what's going on with the Jets, right? Right after the Jets come back from London, they have their bye week.
1: That, that's how it is. From from every team that comes over is the bye week, you know, straight after. I knew, I, I know, before the schedule, kind of. I knew that the Jet when the Jets were playing when I found out the day. I also was kind of clever enough to work out that that was going to be um, the, the bye week.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know that, that. You know that most of the teams. So that that if there's going to be a team in London eventually, that's what will have to happen with the other teams that go over there. They have to schedule probably the bye week afterwards, especially if they're traveling from from a a really long distance. I wanted to ask you this a little bit, Julian, because um, you know we you you are. Um, a big Manchester City fan, which is obviously soccer, football, the football club over there, which is closest to you. And, and um, you know, Manchester, as far as I know, again, you could tell me better, but Manchester United, everyone knew Manchester United. They're like the Yankees. I mean, Right, the it.
1: Brandon of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and Manchester City was always kind of the uh, stepchild, you know, the, the little brother. The, the kind, kind of like how of it is in
1: the, New York. Kind of like kind how it the, is with the Giants you know, and the Jets.
0: Yeah, the Mets are the little brother, of the Yankees and the Giants are the little, uh, the big brother of the Jets. So, but you know, Manchester City has had some success in, in recent years. They have won the Premier League not so long ago. Maybe you could fill me in. But I just, I just want you to kind of give your perspective on an organization that you support, that you go to their games, that you go to their stadium, and kind of how you, you look at them and say, yeah, this, this is kind of a model for how uh, an organization in sports should. Act and what kind of things you see with them that are positive? That maybe you know you see with the Jets, or you don't see with the Jets. That maybe you would expect some of these things to kind of take place. Again, kind of a critique of the Jets as an organization with another sports organization that you follow.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of night and day. You know, I started this a good few years ago, and you know, and you know, it was it was very interesting to you know, to, to to follow the Jets and to get into the kind of the media background. Now, I'm not affiliated with the media one bit, but I have had media credentials and I've had, you know, dealings about to interview players and go through how um, media outlets would do the same thing. So in a sense where I'm not, I'm kind of acting on that when I'm, you know, I'm trying to act as professional as possible and go through the normal routine that anyone else would have to um, for media credentials, and uh, accessing players and such like that. Now, it's been—I'll be honest—we have from from covering the Jets. I found it—it's uh, uh, been a whirlwind or a hurricane, as you, you guys would see. I know you get get them over there, and I, I don't wish anyone come, uh, anyone happens soon. But it has kind of been that from you know the team that I follow and have um, you know regular interactions with. People who've listened to my show in the in the past have known how I've always, you know, tried to get the best, you know, players available, you know, Sheldon Richardson, uh, John Namath, you know, to to name a few. I've always gone, you know, trying to get that. But working behind the scenes and doing this this show, this podcast, and it's not as just easy as, as, you know, just, hey, you know, I've got a laptop, I've got a microphone, let's come on there and just, you know, we've got an hour and knock it out. There's so much more when trying to do a show like this and said, hey, these are targets that we've got, and we want to take it high. I want people to be able to, you know, to listen to this that are in this country and listen to the heroes and such. But you put in all this work, and you kind of get knocked back because you are classed as a, you know, small media outlet. And it is a a fact of who you are. You know, for instance, when I've noticed, um, you know, the red carpet comes out, you know, showbiz for glitz and glamour, and we're talking NFL Network, we're talking ESPN, you know, the New York Daily News. Um, and, you know, this is what I see. I see them, you know, waltz on in, absolutely bash the team, you know, write headlines. We've all read the papers, we've all read all these anonymous sources that we can get into, and we can see. Um, all this stuff, yet the next week when it's a game, that carpet comes out and it's like the VIP access, come on in. And, you know, when you're a small kind of brand and you're trying to put out there and you're trying to do good, you know, you're trying to get players and you're trying to um, get the positives, like we've always tried to do. We've never kind of looked upon the negatives, you know. We're trying to turn it around. And, you know, that's what, as fans, for me, because I'm a fan just like that, I'm trying to do this and trying to act professional as I can. But when I'm putting out there, you know, I'm, uh, I want it. I want players to be able to come back and be able to trust. And it's very difficult for them to do that because when they say, "Hey, can you can you do an interview?", they're always very guarded because, you know, there aren't no good guys in this thing. They're always trying to get the juicy um, story. For instance, a, a long time ago, I used to listen to uh, quite a famous show uh, over in in New York, the Michael k show, uh, ESPN. I listened to a lot of that, or let's I, say I, I used to. Because I'd see, you know, I'd hear a Rex Ryan go on there, and I'd listen for twenty minutes, you know, and I never got anything out of the of the interview. And every time they were peppering him, asking for this, and yeah, I can't answer that, or I can't do that. When I've kind of, and it frustrates me. For instance, you know that I can I can understand as a as a journalist or as a host, you've got to ask the questions, but you know full well that you cannot get the answers because they can't say it. Certain things they can, you know, this can say, and I've always looked. Hey, when I get a player on, I want to get something out of them. One of the best interviews I ever did was with John Ayres, and I wanted to. I knew that there was so many questions I could have asked him, and I could have put him in difficult situations, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get out stuff that maybe fans of, you know, growing up and watching Joe. Uh, broadway Joe, you know the the heroes when they were little kids the older generation and such and maybe they didn't know that about a coach and it kind of i wanted them to to hear that and get something out of it and then you saw
0: and they know that you're you you are going to be giving the, the core fans and let's face it julian you and i have done this show in the past and we know we know what kind of responses we've got from people from not just uh the united states but from all over the world people say that Soldiers, for example, say that I can't get this content anywhere else, and I'm here in Afghanistan, and I'm so happy that I have the ability to listen to a um, interview after a game from a player who was in it, and you know, I, they can't slip on SNY. So, look, I understand that it's a difficult situation. It's a difficult well, that's situation. That's the
1: reason. That, that is the yeah. biggest reason. I mean, pe- people don't. You know, if you're a new listener, hey, welcome into the show. You know, please stick around. You know, go and download some of our old stuff in the archive. See what we're about. We've got you know got big, big, huge things planned. But the reason I want to, you know, keep you keep you in is because I was a fan just like you guys that are listening to this. I bleed green and white. You know, people that know me, I have actually have the Jets logo tattooed on my arm. I love this team, and I'll ride or die with them. But I was just a fan just like you guys. And the way I started this show was, is I I couldn't just do what Dennis can do. Dennis can just go and switch on. SMY, and like I said, Dennis is a very good friend of mine, and uh, he will tell you this, this is true, whenever I'd be listening, I'd be, I'd be talking to him or Such when a game's happened, he would put the phone up to the TV so I could hear the press conference and such like that, because we can't here in England just put, you know, Sky Sports News on, for instance, we could hear a press conference. I wanted to start it to get more and more out there, and, you know, I grew more, and, you know, it's so, you know, the people... I've had download the show and the figures, you know, from starting out. Like, you know, the first podcast I ever done was like 250 people, you know, listened to it, and I was like, that's amazing because I didn't think five people would listen to it, and it went into the thousands and the thousands. The Joe Namath one that me and you did, the first one, it was just like 7,000 downloads, just boom straight like that, and that was that was the thing. I mean, people couldn't get this here. And once word spread a mouth, I mean, the shows just went up by the thousands of downloading and then messages all up from all over. And it it just gives you that sense of, you know what, um, hey, I'm helping you out. And the the other thing that I found was fascinating was the fact that they weren't even Jet fans. They were just NFL fans. And this was a lot in the military. You know, uh, UK and and U.S. kind of like work hand in hand. They have camps in, in Germany and such. And I would see that from Germany that, hey, a guy from the Steelers is listening to my show this guy is a self-proclaimed die Steelers fan. Yeah, he's listening to a New York Jet show because it makes him feel, you know, football is, is obviously, his, he, he knows that as home and he found that interesting. I mean, he'd chime in on some of the stuff, he'd tweet in it, it, and such, and you get phone calls from other people but, and they just want to put the two cents in. And like I say, growing, and that's what I'm saying about the, the growingness of it and you know, what we're trying to do here, go forward and hopefully, you know, you guys enjoy it and hopefully keep downloading and uh, and spreading the word and like I say if uh, if you can uh, if you're on song with me you know get in contact on Twitter at Green Zone Radio
0: yeah you know and just Julian just to kind of follow up on that I mean it it it, it like we say with the Jets we we we've had some contact with them they're they're doing the best they can and you know what it's it's very with all the technology now there's a lot of things going on and they, but i think the bottom line is here is that there is more grassroots kind of movements and people are tired of the mainstream media so these kind of outlets that we're providing alternative outlets where we're where we're not buying our ink by the barrel and no we're not reaching a millions of people in their cars who are busy drinking their coffee and not really paying attention but the people who buy the tickets buy the merchandise who would fly. I've had people send me messages saying this is now on my bucket list because I remember going to games and sending you know, inter- Instagram videos over Twitter and people from all over saying, I can't believe that that's what goes on at a game. I'm going to go fly to MetLife Stadium and go to a game because that looks like so much fun. You see, the big-time reporters, they, they sit down in their seat at 1 o'clock and they, they go to their interviews and they go home they don't want to give a full game day experience and that's when i went to do these things w- with you and with the jets organization when people said things to me or you like i'm going to a game now i can't believe that i i, I want to experience that 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 made you feel good that made you feel good that makes it part my efforts went to make somebody happy
1: right again you you see that from people and people that I listen i know people that have listened to the show you know for for the last couple of years and gone on and said, you know what, I went now, or here's a picture, or here's this, and I went, you know, because you get that connection, mm-hmm. and it, it takes over, it is like the illness that I keep saying, it's the sickness, it's the illness that takes you, you know, and then you, it's just like a, a virus that comes up, and if you were to split inside, you could see all the green going around, and that's what it is, you, you want to go over there and such, and it's kind of like the same thing over, over here, you know, I know plenty of people, and I know that you'll probably know them as well, that are coming over here as well, just to take that thing, and like I say, it's, the expenses as well but they're willing to do that but you know they make it kind of like priority to come and like that's what we're trying to do and um like i say we've had we've had uh we've had some good dialogue with the jets and they've been very helpful to us and i've met a lot of people from the organization that listen to the show and, and ask for input and such but it just shows how much is growing over here and i hope that you know, it it can be you know the Jets are a regular team that you know to come to London and it grows and grows.
0: When I turn on the the game at nine thirty in the morning and I see a, a stadium that has very few Jets fans in it, has a lot of Dolphin fans in it, I'm going to be upset if that's the case. That's not going to make me happy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you know I want people. In other countries and around the world, it's a small world now with planes and with the w- with where you can travel and you talk about the Internet and all these things. I-, I-, I want my team to be popular. I don't want my team to be a joke. I don't want my team to be a joke here. I don't want my team to be a joke internationally because I don't feel that way. And like you said, you rock the green and white. You wear it with pride. You know, someone wants to look at you and, and snicker at you. Hey, you know what? I'm proud of my team. That's right. the bottom line, Julian. I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of them win, lose, or draw. I'm still proud of them. I'll stick by them no matter what. I went through a one in fifteen season one one time. You know what? I watched the games and I just suffered, but I still wore my green and white. And that's the bottom line: is that we care about we care about the team, we care about the organization, we care about the players, and we care about the perception. And that's you ultimately are. our you, goal.
1: You're And you know, you brought a great point up there. And I would ask anyone that's listening to the show: if you go into the archives. Uh, on Blog Talk Radio or you go into it on iTunes, you can go right down. We did an interview, me and Dennis, with Joe Namath. Um You know, you touched upon it. He said that. I remember speaking to Joe himself, and he actually said that. You know, he, he could, you know, he, he, and his agent said he could do this all day long. He could do 10 a day if he wanted to. You know, but he wants to spend time with his family or play golf or such like that. He chose to do because it was different and because he wanted to reach out to the, the fans that are around uh, the world. You know, they can't access this, you know, in New York. They don't have the, you know, the radio, you know, the FM or the um, AM kind of such. We don't have that frequency, you know. And that's what, you know, it was very personal to me. And you'll also hear it in the thing because I was so nervous speaking to, you know, one of my idols, And it was just, it was just, but it made me feel it was just so phenomenal. I think it was a great interview, Dennis. uh, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll agree with me on that one.
0: Oh yeah, look. And again, we we have had Julian and I have had great opportunities uh, through a lot of different venues to do things with Jets players or people who are with the media or whatever. And again, we're kind of starting up now, and we're going to try to bring you that kind of content moving forward. And 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 keep that keep up. We ha- we, we we hold ourselves in, 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 to high standards because right. and, not, not for and us, you... but for you... uh, for the people who listen to the show. Right, Julian. We want to right. well, listen to the show is... to enjoy it. Yeah, this
1: is a great passion. You know, you know, a, lot, a long time people have wondered. You know where I've been and such like that. I do get messages so social media. I kind of close my Twitter account down, and, and such like that. You know, um, I found out that the, the you know the hard way about covering a team, and you know, you think, you know, with your, you don't go with your heart, you know what I mean, you go with, you're trying to put on the thing and go, and, you know, just so people out there know, I didn't just disappear, people were sending me tweets that I quit on the team, and I don't, I'm not a Jet fan, and all this kind of stuff, you know, last year, before the season started, I evaluated things, I put out um, what I thought, you know, the team were going to do, I didn't think they were going to do very well, and, you know, i I actually came out with a number, and I said they'd be four and twelve Now I was very lucky that he ended up four and twelve. You know my dad keeps telling well, me now I should have put a bet on but i I didn't want him to be four and twelve. I wanted him to be twelve and four, you know, but I just saw by the roster and a lot of people turned on me a lot of people on Twitter, and I got a lot of nasty um you know messages and such, so I just quit Twitter and I lost all my followers and you know what after a while. I missed it for a season, you know, and it, it didn't stop me watching the Jet games, and it didn't stop me following the team as hard as I did, but I missed doing this, and I missed interact interacting with, you know, fellow Jet fans like yourself that's maybe listening to this doing a workout or listening to this at work and such, and then you get a tweet or you interact with people. I loved doing that, and I missed it, and I'm so hungry for it, you know, and I had, you know, so many things in line, you know, and, you know, from a guy in Manchester you know, in his basement with a laptop, you know, didn't think this was possible to even, you know, have, you know, thousands of people downloading. And that's 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 due to all you guys by sharing and spreading the word and such like that and getting involved. I didn't think that was possible. And then, you know, it go, comes off with my first interview with TJ Conley, the, the punter. You know, there's only so many things you can ask a punter. And it goes on and off. <laughs> and then I'm interviewing first-round picks, this is a dream for me. I'm watching in the middle of the night on the SPN, on a stream, you know, the, the, you know, the Jets picking, you know, um, Mohammed Wilkerson or Sheldon Richardson, and then he's appearing on the Green Zone. And, so, and Joel Namath and all these big names, media outlier, people from all the papers in New York on all the reporters, NFL Network. For what me and Dennis have got planned for the Green Zone, I hope you stick around because it'll be very much worth it. And, I, you know, these, we're not here... You know, for we're here because we want to be here and we want to bring it to you guys. So I hope that you guys, you know, stick with us, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we do.
0: You know what else, Julian, and we're going to kind of wrap up. And, and uh, you know, we talked about a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things that kind of happened. Myself, I took a little bit of a break. Again, you get you get you you do get a little tired after a while, maybe a little burnt out. And last year was a tough year for the team. But one thing that I think that you're going to get from us is an honest evaluation of the team. It doesn't mean we, we, we like it. We're going to try to be honest. We're going to try to back up what we say. We're not going to just be, okay, rah, rah, everything's great and wonderful if we don't believe it. And we're not going to say the sky is falling if we don't believe it either. So if you want to get an objective view, if you want to get some uh, objective analysis, I think that tuning into the green zone, again, we'll try to set up as many great guests as we can, as many media members, as many insiders as we can, get as much content as we can to you, and again, the point is this, Julian, is that it used to make me, I mean, and, and again, I've done some more writing, I, I, I'm writing for a fan page again, I'm doing a show on the NFL, I'm not going to promote what, 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 it, what, it,
1: what is it the other do, Howard? well, but Let me just interrupt, for people know okay. Dennis, Dennis also does a, another show and you do some writing, so why don't you tell the listeners where else they can l- listen to you as well on your writing.
0: Oh, well, I appreciate that, Julian. I mean, I do a, I do a football show uh, on the NFL with a Giants fan. His name is Joe Defaro. He's a great guy. And it's called uh, Pro Football View from the East. It's on the Blog Talk Network. It's on Twitter at PFVFE if you want to follow that. Also, I do some writing for New York Jets fans, make sure you put the S in there. dot com, New York Jets fans. dot com. I do a weekly column or so. Uh, again, my good friend Tyson Rash, I used to do uh, blog talk radio with as well. He 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 works on the site and I do some writing for them also. But I guess the point is this: is that Julian doing doing these shows or doing the writing or whatever used to make me feel very happy at times when you would get. People who would say some things to you like, I learned something from reading your article. It made you feel proud, but it didn't make me feel proud like, oh, I, I'm full of myself. What it was, was was that I was glad that I was able to give something to somebody else. And I think that's what we're talking about when we would get these things from the soldiers or from a person. I remember I had a person tell me they didn't understand a certain aspect of contracts, and they read my article, and they finally understood it. And thank you for explaining it to me. It was great because for a long time I didn't know what this meant. And, you know, again, did that make me feel happy? Sure. It made me feel happy that something that I did helped somebody else. And I guess that's our point, is that we want to provide for the listeners content that they will enjoy and they can get something out of that they can't get anywhere else. You know, you turn on NFL Network, ESPN, you're going to get the same old dribble. We're not going to try to give you the same old dribble. We're We're going to try to give you something unique. We're gonna be
1: different, aren't we? I mean that that's first and foremost. You won't get this anywhere else. And again, you know, I've learned a lot since I've I've off. I've got up, you know, bigger, stronger, you know, and, and that's the way it is. I found out a lot about myself, what I've done right, what I've done wrong. You know what? I I you know, I stand by what I've got to say. I don't wanna be right sometimes and I wanna be wrong and I want you guys to tell me when I'm wrong. I wanna have a debate. You know when I you know when I say something I'll back it up and if I'm wrong you guys can be the first one to to say it. Ultimately, I know this. I know that Dennis wants this as well. And the, the guy is a season ticket holder. He's a lifelong Jet fan. He wants what I want. You know what that is? It was. It'll be. You know whoever it is hoisting the Lombardi Trophy on a jet parade. I don't care if I have to swim across you know the ocean <laughs> to get there. I'm gonna be there. You know, and that's what that ultimately—that's what I want. I don't want them to stink. I don't want it to have all the headlines. I wanna, I wanna turn the team on. I wanna be, you know, I it to see. I want them to be a winner. You know, I don't really want to say it. I want them to be the New England Patriots. I want them to be the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I want them to be the the uh, the Steelers, the Giants. You know, and when I say it like that, I mean what they are contenders every year. What you say? You, you know, we all see this on the thing. Who are the top five quarterbacks? Who's this? Who's you know? And that's what you hear all the time. I don't see Geno Smith being in the top five quarterbacks, the top ten quarterbacks, or the top fifty quarterbacks. I want to see that. Is this is year? Hey, you know what? Stick around. We're going to find out. And I hope to God that he is, because I'm. I'm I want to see his. I want to see his winner. I want to see a home playoff game. I know you do as well, Dennis. and a lot of people in New York do as well. How about a home playoff game? How about the playoffs? Let's just get to the playoffs. You know, and uh, but please do stick around, and you know, um, it's a long journey. We're kind of getting back on, on the on the freeway, and uh, pedals to the floor. It would help if you can kind of you share this. Or you can get on Twitter, like I said, I close the account down and we're back up and running. But I need you to follow us. Please, you can do that at Green Zone Radio. Um, you can look us up on iTunes as well. Previous shows today, if you wanted to, to listen back to some of the interviews you can do, you can even rate us or leave a comment. We would really appreciate that. We're going to be weekly. This has kind of been a one-off show. People that have been listening today have, have probably been thinking this was kind of just an inside view of, um, you know, London games and such, and a bit personal. This show was, you know, very personal, but uh, going forward, you know, we're going to be concentrating. You know, the Jets camps, fights, games. We're going to do a lot more different things, interviews with certain uh, media members, players. We've got a lot of things lined up. We don't want to kind of spoil it, but you're only going to find out if you stick with us.
0: All right, Julian, well, that's, that sounds real good. And uh, you know what, everyone, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter and just keep following us every week as uh, the season approaches. And we really appreciate anybody who listens, comments, or just enjoys, j- enjoys our show. Again, it's all about giving uh, the best content that we can give.
1: All right, Jet fans, for Dennis Agapito, I've been your host, Julian Carter. We will see you next week.